What can you outsource and automate inside your salon for maximum efficiency? We're going to cover that and a ton more on today's show. Check it out. Salon owners are some of the most amazing people on planet Earth. The only problem is sometimes their hearts are so big and they give so much of themselves to their staff and guests that it creates unintended consequences. Our goal is to change the industry by elevating the way the rest of the world sees salons, spas, and barbershops and give it the credibility that it truly deserves. This is the Salon Owner Evo Revo Show. Today's podcast is brought to you by Salon Scale, allowing you to charge by what you know, not by what you feel. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the Salon Evo Revo Show. I'm your host, Jason Everett, and with me is my partner in crime, Mr. Doug Campbell. What's going on, Doug? How's it going? Dude, glad to have you on today. We're getting deep. We're going to go uh, full out business owner chat today, and we're going to have some chat that is not normal uh, standardized practice in the regular world, talking about efficiencies in outsourcing and automating and probably ways you haven't thought of before. Uh, we know it's been a hot subject inside our High Performance Salon Academy. People are uh, finding ways to hire people not in their towns to do some of their uh, their social media marketing and, and outsource and do some incredible things. But I want to talk about automation. And I, I saw a video the other day, Doug. I don't remember if it was, on, if it was a TikTok video or what it was, uh, but it was talking about, and I, I'm going to, Phrase it the same way it was phrased to me, and we're going to kind of like digest it and unpack it. It said, I'm sick and tired of all of these greedy companies just money grabbing. You don't need to money grab to be a successful business. And the example that they gave was they said Arizona iced teas. I don't have one, but you know what I'm talking about, Doug, those big giant like yep. tube of teas, you know, these big giant aluminum cans. And they said, hey, those have been 99 cents for the last however many years, you know, whatever, 10 plus, 15 plus years. And it said in this post said, even though the cost of aluminum has gone up, the cost of shipping has gone up, the cost of everything has gone up. And those those saints, those amazing business leaders, the, the guys who run Arizona Ice Tea, have been able to keep the prices down. And this was the rationale because they're not greedy like other businesses. They're not greedy and they've made enough money. So they've decided to take a hit on their profit margin to still make sure that the consumer can get a tea for 99 cents. Now, if you're a salon owner and you hear things like that, and that's in part of your narrative, you might go, oh, geez, I probably shouldn't ever raise my prices. So even though inflation has gone up, my cost of staff has gone up, my cost of products has gone up. I better keep my price the same way because I don't want to be seen as a horrible corporation raising prices just because I got to pay the bills and it's because I'm greedy, right? Like that's, that's a narrative, Doug, that I think a lot of people like they hear that and they believe that. And the problem is that if you own a business, not only are you in the like five to 10% of the world or less that owns a business, but if you own a million dollar business, you're in the 1% of the world that runs a business. So the narrative for the 99% of other people that are out there is usually that narrative that you just heard. But Doug, I mentioned that to you this morning. You said something very different about those non-greedy Arizona tea owners that somehow still produced it because they didn't make enough profit. Let's talk about that. Right, and, you know, the looking out for the little guy and it's like, well, I guess that's a good marketing ploy on, on sure. their side. And so the reason or the, the why Arizona Tea has been able to do that is because they've been able to automate. They found efficiencies through automation. And so they've been able to reduce their number one cost, which is yeah. employment. Uh, so if they can, I mean, some so of the on, automation. Hold on. I just want to make sure you guys got that. Like 
By the way, if this is already a burn for you and your mind is getting blown right now, do me a favor and say burn or blown or something like that in the comment because what you just said is important, Doug. You mm -hmm. said they've been able to get there through efficiencies in automation, not because they're the good guy trying to not make profit. Right. I mean, they're not trying to go out of business. And you know, I, I believe it's a public company. If it is, they've got a fiduciary responsibility to the shareholders to make a profit. Um, so right. I, I think it's just a matter of you know, looking at how do you how do you find efficiencies? And I think that's we could learn a, a lesson from that. I mean, you know, like, they offer, I mean, they did obviously have to get they, their workforce has been slashed considerably. So those people no longer have jobs because I mean, from and that's just that's the way of the world. Um, I mean, it, it, it's Whatever is going to work. I know it's not. It's it's a uh, just. I looked it up. I wanted to make sure we know. Hundred percent of the company is owned by a father and his two sons. So it is it is okay. a, still a privately held company. But I I think what you said, everything else, what you said is accurate though. Is that they still are out to make money. Let's be super clear. Right. Well, I mean you don't. I mean you don't go do things for nothing. I mean it's like and 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 it's funny how people can say, um, well, what profit is a fair profit and what profit's not a fair profit. Uh, it's always killing like like you know people go after oil companies. At the end of the day, the oil company, company profits about four percent. Yeah, um, yeah. So that, that's not crazy. And now they have huge volume, but their profit is is around four percent. Um, so and yeah, I think it's it's just interesting because I mean I think the other way around, where uh, if it was business owners saying, well, I don't think you know you, you're worth fifteen dollars an hour, I'm gonna pay you five dollars an hour, and that would be okay. Um, it doesn't work that way. No one would work for that. And, and I, right. I agree with right. I, it's I agree with. It's the market is dictating the right. price. It's the, it's is, the, right. the market pressure. Yeah. So as I've always said, you know, hey, deal me whatever hand you want to deal me and I will do whatever it takes to win. Um, so yeah, yeah. and I, I love that phrase. I agree with that a thousand percent. I, I'm just, a, you know, Robert Kiyosaki taught me is like my, my job is to just learn the rules, right? Figure right. out how to win. That's it. Just learn the rules, figure out how to win. And I think on this point, Doug is talking about this automation is so it's not that they're not greedy business owners. And again, I don't think they're greedy anyway, but just a business owner who's trying to turn a profit, which is right. the whole point of running a business in the first place. The point of a business is to run a profit, employ people and, you know, create more efficiencies in the world. What they're doing though, that was not in the phrase that was in the marketing propaganda, if you will, that was out there is that they've literally reduced their workforce used more automated tools inside their business to create more efficiencies to keep their price down and still deliver a product to the consumer. So they've actually created a scenario where they potentially reduce the amount of jobs and used more automation to do so, right. which that that story is not as cool to tell. I mean, it's the thing that people don't, like market forces, like you're talking about. It, it, eventually you will price yourself out of a job because automation becomes cheaper. And it's like, you know, that, that's where that's part of market pressures. It's like, I, I can't afford to pay a human being to do this or human beings to be here to do this. I need to shift and do it differently. Now that person, now there's not as much in point, uh, like, you know, uh, checkout people at whatever your favorite grocery store or right, yeah, the you know, checkers. Walmart. We're down, we're down to less checkers because they put right. it Sometimes they'll be, I mean, you go to home Depot, there'll be one person, live person and 15 automated places right. for you to check out. Well, they dramatically cut their labor costs because it got too high. So a lot of people price themselves out of a job. Right. Um, so I think it's just, you know, looking at those things, how can you do it? So inflation is here. It's real. Um, you're having to pay more, more money to get people to work. And part of the way that that's more itself, money for goods and services that you're purchasing for right. the business. Right. So prices will go up and automation will come in. 
So the, the more it's going to put pressure on more and more automation. And so as salon owners and spa owners, I think we need to look at that. You know, how can we leverage our software? Are we leveraging our software to do the most that it can? Yeah. Uh, Cause I think, I think a lot of times we don't really leverage it the way that we could. Uh, so I think, are we leveraging that software? Is it doing the most that we can? And I'd like to, and I don't like talking about cuts. So I like efficiencies, you know, so how can mm -hmm. we lower our cost and increase our level of service? Mm -hmm. um, Cause I like, I like a concept of, you know, taking care of your best clients as best as you can take care of your best clients and the ones that are pain in the rear ends, you know, get rid of them. Yeah. Uh, let them go to the universe. <laughs> right. And then, uh, some of the rest of it is automation. So, uh, there's a lot of stuff, especially on the spa side and, on uh, some hair treatment sides are, are what I call push button operations where you buy the machine, whether it's infrared, whether it's, you know, massage. Uh, water, water massage tables, yep. uh, massage chairs. Um, I mean, there's a whole list of things that you can do. Uh, the one that I would stay away from, we did this a long time ago, like the, the spray tanning booths, because that is not <laughs> as hands off as you think yeah. it is. Because oh, yeah. Like, just coming walking in and getting a spray. I can't get this one spot. I needed somebody to come in here and help me. And then, yeah, that uh, it's one all, gets it's uncomfortable. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Doug, Doug and his spray tan centers didn't work out. Uh, but yes, I think if you if you look at this, and I want you guys to catch this, is um, you know when we talk about this like uh, this this automation nation, like what's going to happen to our country as more and more gets automated. You know, we've spent the last fifty years figuring out how to improve manufacturing facilities and automated process and things like that. Because again, as human labor becomes more and more costly, you start to move in this conversation of well, what can be replaced? And it's it's really interesting when we bring this up, Doug, about talking about you know water massage tables or those uh you know like pressure cuff type massages or massage chairs or infrared. Because uh, there's a new there's a new franchise that's out there. I don't know if you guys have seen it in your markets. Um, but you know, I, I did a lot of work with massage envy back in the day and so, kind of like along that same vein, this membership based, uh, massages, there's now a store out there called the restore store that does a lot of different, they're called hyper wellness. They do a lot of like, they have IV therapies, they do red light treatments, they have saunas, they have a, a cryo freeze, they have the, um, the, uh, pressure massages and all those other things. But what I was, what Doug and I were talking about just before we started the show today was that this idea that like their main goal or a big part of their goal is kind of like set it and forget it. Like don't mm -hmm. put a ton of employees in there. This isn't, I mean, this business might have two or three employees running the entire business that your business might have 15, 20 or 30 employees that are physical, like human labor that are getting paid to be there. And this business has three employees making the same amount of revenue. Like that's the thing, right? Is when your business can still generate a decent amount of revenue and not have to have the human capital part of it. Cause that's, that is, I mean, if you look at it, your payroll is one of the most expenses, the biggest expenses inside your business for the most part. Oh yeah. I mean, and it's ongoing because you've got, you've got matching taxes. You've got any benefits that you pay. Uh, you've got unemployment. Uh, tip, tax tips. Right. There's, there's a lot of things that come. There's a lot of, I mean, that's one it for most businesses uh currently and i think this is going to change over the probably next 10 to 15 years the, yeah. the biggest expense that most businesses have are labor right. and so then how do you manage the labor and that's why i said that's why i think the shift is coming because technology and they, they said it speed, has sped up from this and i forgot the guy that came up with the formula but that every 18 months tech, the speed of um microchips double the speed of processing doubles yes. every 18 months so you went, that becomes exponential uh, so now the things you like, you know, I don't know if you've heard the, your cell phone 
is more powerful than the whole bank of computers in a whole huge building that sent the first rocket ship to the moon. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, so right. listen, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about other ways that you can outsource. What are some of the efficiencies you can use in your software? What are some ads that you might be able to make to your salon to increase your profitability and potentially even reduce your labor expenses? I mean, a lot of people are having a hard time hiring. And that's what we're going to be talking about when we come back is how do you make sure you can still provide efficiencies inside the salon, maximize your square footage and turn it into an even more profitable business. We'll be right back after the short commercial break. Hey, HPSA listeners. Let me ask you this. Are you tired of not knowing what your hair color is costing you on every appointment and watching it chew up your profit? Well, with Salon Scale, we take the guesswork out for you. Using a mobile app paired with a Bluetooth scale, Salon Scale will tell you exactly what your color is costing you on every bowl mix down to the ground. As you mix, Salon Scale will also digitally store your formulas and track how much product is being used in real time so you can manage your inventory, cover your expenses, and generate more profit in your salon. Use promo code HPSA10 to get 10% off an annual subscription. Salon Scale, the new standard for mixing color. I mean, you guys have heard us talk about it, but you know, I'm gonna bring it up again, is speaking of Salon Scale and automation, like. What did we used to do with, with color? Count the number of box tops that you took off the color. And like, if you had to have somebody sit there with a little scale and weigh all that color, it would be an enormous waste of time. But you add in a piece of technology, it makes it very efficient. Now, all of a sudden, instead of you having to giant create this giant Excel spreadsheet before you order your color, your color's ready to order, you know exactly what you have on hand, what you need, how much color's being used. It's very, very efficient all thanks to an innovation in technology like salon scale yes we support endorse and encourage you guys to go with them and do some incredible work because it will change your business our average salon uh, our average salons made 55 to seventy-five thousand dollars more per year in profit using the methodology we teach only inside the academy yeah so i mean i think that's one of those things of an efficiency right um so we because in in the salon world the color has always been a, a a muddy black hole it's like you know how much was used how much is actually being ordered how are we tracking it? And there's been, I've probably seen 50 different ways to do it. Uh, and this, because of technology, uh, is an amazing way to do it. And now then it's no longer a black hole. It's actually a profit center. It's a measurable profit center. So you know exactly what's coming in. You know exactly what's going out. Um, I, think, I think that's just... I think well, so. And, and I, I want to say this too, because there's a really important formula that we have for installing things inside a salon. It's got to work for the salon owner. It's got to work for the guest and it's got to work for the stylist, yep. right? Like this is a really important formula when you're looking at some of these things is does it work for this? Does it work for the salon? Does it work for the stylist? Does it work for the guest? If it hits on all three of those, that's a really good day. Um, and again, I think that's where like, you know, I, even as I say that, I'm, I'm trying to think of like, well, what, what would be the benefit, Doug, of like somebody bringing in like a water massage table uh, inside the salon? Because that's not really good for the the massage therapist, right? But it might be. And I, I'll, I'll talk, I'll kind of make an argument on this is why it might be good. Is it good for the salon to have an automated water table to do massages? Well, yeah, because it's got an employee that doesn't have to be paid, right? It's got a table. Like that's, that's the asset at that it point. It doesn't get sick. <laughs> right. It doesn't get sick. It doesn't call out. Like, I mean, it still might break down, whatever. But like the idea is, is that you've got an asset there. Now, I would make the argument, because I've had those water table massages, they're okay, mm -hmm. but I still would like to have 
a, a real massage with a real person. And what I think is interesting is that would potentially allow you to charge even more of a premium or leave your price at, it, at, at a premium. And it would allow people to start to get massages uh, at, a, at a higher level. So let's say, for example, Doug, and you were mentioned this before, is you might go, well, hey, uh, a regular massage is $100 at our salon with us with a massage therapist but a water table massage for a similar amount of time might be fifty dollars mm -hmm. right it might be fifty dollars now would that potentially invite more people in that couldn't afford to have massages at a hundred dollars potentially so that's even good for the guest you've got a lower priced option for the guest who's price conscious you've got now a premium pricing that's been placed on the stylist who's actually doing the physical hands-on massage that's a good day for them and the salon now has two things, a person and a table that are increasing the efficiencies inside the salon via that automation. Right. And I, I think it also starts to bring it. So now then they've got an internal pool of people to bring up to hands-on massage. If you've yeah, got, they can upgrade. If, right. The, the table is great for maintenance and that kind of thing to get a regular maintenance massage. You have an issue. You've got someone that specializes in issue that can do you know, your trigger points, whatever other issues you may be having. And so instead of external marketing, now then you've got this whole list of people that are coming and getting water table massage on a regular basis that are then wanting to have specific issues. Like, oh, you've got someone that, okay, I think it all works together. So I say, you just got to be creative. You got to learn how to play the game a little bit differently uh, so that you can win. I think you know, look at many of those. And like I said, I think really we leave a lot of stuff on the table with automation. Another thing with technology is using people in other countries for assistant work. I yep. think that goes widely in, it, with modern technology. It's very, even on different time schedules, um, you can get a VA and the, it, things can be done and, and they're super happy. Right. And if you don't, if you don't know what a VA is, most of you guys do, but VA is virtual assistant, usually somebody who works in another country. I know people who have like Canadian VAs or they have like, we have a ton of VAs that are on our team. We have a great crew of VAs. Uh, that work on our staff that are just incredible humans that we get to pay uh, from other countries, but it gets it helps us to create massive efficiencies by hiring outside of the U.S. Right, because they're for them uh, being a VA in, in their country is one of the higher paying jobs that they can get. That's right. But compared to what you would have to pay for a live person to come sit in your office to be there, it's significantly less. So you're right. helping out someone in a in another country, giving them a, a high paying job. And you're helping your company out by not putting stress of a high paid job inside uh, of your physical business. Yeah. So if you think about that, and again, this is where we talk about efficiencies inside a company. You know, we talk about what, you know, why do, why does an average salon, you know, only 7% of salons make a profit. And if they're lucky, they're making three to 5% as a profit. But we have salons inside our academy that are doing 10, 20, and 20 plus percent profit margins inside their salon. And it's because they're finding ways to create new efficiencies for what they do inside their business. Sometimes that's automation, right? Uh, in technology and sometimes it's outsourcing some of the jobs. So if you're having a hard time, like you might be trying to hire somebody to do your social media marketing for you. And if you had to hire somebody locally to do that, that's one price. But if you were to hire somebody who's overseas to help you with that social media marketing, you just send images to and they clean them up. Maybe you got a graphic designer, maybe you have a video editor, maybe you have other people that can do that job. To your point, Doug, while you're sleeping, that's my favorite part, is like I work on stuff during the day, I send it out to the team and then tomorrow morning I show up and all this work's been done while I'm sleeping. It's one of my favorite yep. things that exists when you start doing things like that.
And so all of a sudden with these efficiencies that you're creating, you're going to create more of a profit margin because you've, you know, now you can hire three or four people to do the same job that in the US you could have one person do. And that's obviously going to create some more efficiencies and either give you more leverage to be able to do more with it, or at the very least reduce your income so you can actually create more profit for yourself and for your shareholders that are inside your business. So you can continue to grow and create more jobs and expand to multi-locations and do all those things. Um, Doug, we, we kind of mentioned it earlier and I, I got, we got a few more minutes here before we wrap the podcast. I want to talk about um, software and automation tools because, you know, SalonScale was one, obviously they're a sponsor for us, but um, that's a huge per version of automation. I think your salon software probably automates way more than you know. For example, mm -hmm. if you, I mean, this is kind of like basic, but if you're not doing this, like, please wake up right? Is that you should be having, you shouldn't have a front desk person who has to call every single person on the list for the day and verify them 24 hours, 48 hours in advance. Like if you do not have text messages that are verifying with people leading up to their appointment, even the day of making sure they have an appointment and confirming and like you have some sort of automated confirmation process in your salon using your salon software and you're doing it manually, you, that's a loss of efficiency. That's a massive loss of efficiency. I'll give you another one. Um, if you do not have a set and forget follow-up sequence from the appointment forward, meaning that if you um, like following up with them and saying, hey, I just want to check in with you. How's your hair doing? What's it looking like? And then a couple weeks later, reminding them of some new promotions or a few weeks after that, reminding them things. We talk about how do you have a 90-day follow-up sequence after you have a new guest to make sure you retain them as a new guest, that's something that should be done through an automated sequence, not through a physical person. See, most people are like, well, we have a front desk person and their job is to check in and out customers, call and do all the confirmations, make sure that they're reaching out to new customers so they're aware of promotions. You guys, there's whole marketing systems that are designed specifically to allow you to do that. And again, when you do that at scale and you create a really good automated sequence, you can have thousands of people followed up with in one moment from an hour's worth of work on your software, as opposed to 10, 20, or 30 hours worth of manual work by that same front desk person, right? I mean, it's massive. Yep. It's massive. Can you think of some other things, Doug, from an automation perspective, as far as uh, time and efficiency that's inside the business that we might be missing here? Uh, well, I mean, I think some of it is just continuing to look at the, the, the things that are coming out. I mean, like this will sound a little strange, but you know, like the Roomba, uh, which, you know, oh, automatically vacuumed your floor. And what's cool about now, they've got one where it's got this station that it'll go around. And I mean, you know, if you have it, you can't run it after hours unless you turn your motion sensors off because it will set off the motion sensors. <laughs> Found that out firsthand. Um, <laughs> But the one that, that self dumps, is that what you're talking about? Right. So it's got a tire, so it will self dump. So it's not, you don't have to say, well, it gets halfway around my salon and it's full. Well, it'll go and it'll dump and it's got a pretty good sized bag in there that holds it. But I mean, that is a great way to make sure that your salon, so it's not, I mean, obviously you're still going to be sweeping. It needs to be done during the day and all this stuff, but you can set Roomba free. You just make it that much cleaner. Right. Cause, and, and also now then, uh, the technology again has gotten so good in those that it actually maps out your building after a while and learns how to travel it and do it in the best pattern possible. Uh, yeah, well, so, again, the efficiency is built into the uh, into the thing itself. I mean, again, it, it automatically is making the efficiencies based upon that. Yeah, I think just being aware right now, I mean, I, I think you need to stay on top of all the different things with your software company, find out what they're doing, what you can take advantage of. You know, work with your leadership team on, you know, hey, what are some repetitive things that we think we could outsource? 
uh, are there again, what, what are new things, new treatments that are coming in that were, are, are, are push a button and go uh, there again, there's a lot of revenue that doesn't require uh, an actual person there. And I think, how does that, how does that benefit what we do? I mean, I right. how, do you, how do you leverage the tool to right. allow you to have more efficiency? I mean, and for crying out loud, like, I mean, we do things in that inside our business all the time, you know, even just social media as its own point of leverage, and I'll leave you with this thought, right? Is, and I, I've said this before in some of the trainings that I do, but a, a, if you post a five minute video, and I'll leave you with this thought, if you post a five minute video on your social media about your services and what you do, or maybe you shoot a five minute video that explains um, a soft tour through your salon, as an example, a five minute video viewed 500 times is equal to a 40 hour work week. Five minute video viewed 500 times equals a 40 hour work week. So if you put out a video of, with a tour of your salon and it gives 500 views on it, that means you did 40 hours worth of work of people watching your video instead of being inside your salon and you having to give 40 hours worth of tours through your salon. Like be aware of how, I don't think most people understand. They just think, oh, I'm supposed to post on social media because somebody said it was a smart thing to do. But if you really understand the efficiencies of what social media can get you, what it can do, how it can leverage and what type of attention you can get uh, from doing those things, it can be one of the most powerful resources that you have at your disposal of leveraging your time. Guys, if today was helpful for you and you got a lot of value, do me a favor, uh, say value in the comment section or do me a favor and like, if you wanna go way out of your way, cause I know you gotta like, five clicks on this one is give us a rating on any of your favorite podcast channel, however you're listening to us on. It would really mean a lot. And if uh, if we can help you out with efficiencies, because again, that's what we do inside the academy, is we help you find efficiencies. We bring you the latest, greatest stuff uh, up to the minute of what's going on. We don't teach you what was cool 30 years ago. We teach you what was cool in the last 30 days. And uh, that's what we're gonna help you to do is create more efficiencies, create more profit, happier employees, and create enough efficiencies you can actually take the time off that you want. So do me a favor, uh, enjoy some more podcasts, and uh, thanks for being on today. Thanks, Doug. Have a good one, guys. Yep. Take care, guys. Appreciate it. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Evo Revo podcast. Today's podcast was brought to you by Salon Scale, allowing you to charge by what you know, not by what you feel. Please subscribe, leave us a review, and you can always get more information, including show notes and the video episodes at evorevopodcast.com.